that young guy that was just doing the reading here. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be together. Good morning. Really great to see you. I'm really filled with joy at seeing you all this morning. We're going to talk about joy. I, um, this morning, like many of you, I'm sure, I was out running. It's kind of hot, though, at the moment. Even at 5 o'clock, it was like 20, 28, I think, or 27. And I ran down to, from here down to Scarborough, and it was a joy to get into the ocean to cool off so I could make it back again without melting. That was joyful, in a sense, right? That's a sense of joy, I guess. I, I was looking online to find out what the uh, online community defines as joy. And interestingly, uh, I was using the chat GPT just to do some um, synthesis of, of the online um, topic of joy. And it talked about the fact that joy is a deeper, more abiding form of happiness. This is popular culture. This is online and on, on web pages. So that's the synthesis. And in fact, it said that Joy is important, many people find joy to be important for a meaningful life. Oh, that's interesting. Now, there's nothing spiritual about it. It didn't, it didn't mention any spiritual element. This is just in popular culture. But even in popular culture, there's this understanding that, that joy is something deeper than just my nice swim this morning or I've got an ice cream that makes me happy, or something like that. The fleeting happiness or emotions that we have. Even the internet sources agree that we use this word joy to mean something more that's deeper, more abiding, and even brings meaning to life. Isn't that interesting? You can do your own searches later. Don't do it now. You can do your own searches later and see what you can find. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was overseas in a meeting, and in this meeting were representatives from, I didn't, I didn't count, but it must have been 60 nations, like there was a lot, a lot of different countries, and um, it was set in Africa, so Africa is kind of split between three languages, English, uh, as national languages, English, French, and Portuguese, so the meeting was held in English and French. Now, my French is really bad, like maybe a sentence or two is about all I could pick up, um, so I had to keep putting my headset on to listen to the French speakers, which was really fun, because often that happens in, in... The meetings are often in English, and everybody else has to put their headset on. So it was really fun to be in that position of being the one putting the headset on to hear what the French speaker was saying. Anyway, um, at one point during the meeting, they said, um, now, we want you just to go around the room and just greet people in your own language. And that was really beautiful, because I had to bring out my good day, mate. That's about all I can do. Uh, and everyone else was using their own you know, native language and it was really fun to hear. But what was interesting was even when I couldn't understand the language, you could pick up when someone was really happy and was really joyful in what they were sharing. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't matter what language they're using, you can just tell the face, the expression, the smile, the, the animated way someone's talking. You've got no clue the language, but you're like, wow, they're joyful, they're excited, they're saying something important, some story that's really meaningful to them. And I'd go scurrying for my headset and try to tune into the right channel and sometimes it didn't work and you'd miss something. But it was really interesting that you could pick it up when someone was joyful. It's true, isn't it? We're going to talk about a deep joy today, a meaningful 
joy, an abiding joy. The main point of this uh, passage, of well, this section where the, the, the angel is announcing to the shepherds, the main point of this talk is that joy is found in Jesus, that I, it's not manufactured by me. Can you tell, your, tell the person sitting next to you, joy is found in Jesus, it's not manufactured by me. Go on, I'll give you a moment. All right, good, we've got it. Joy is found in Jesus, it's not manufactured by me, or you, I suppose, if you're saying it to somebody else. We've been uh, in this series, as, as Dave introduced, we've been talking about hope and, and peace, and today we talk about joy. Beautiful topic to talk about at this time of year. Wasn't the, isn't that um, the passage that we read, isn't that amazing? We're going to refer to that, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at three aspects I, just, I chose to frame this in the why, the what, and the who. So why is it joy? What is this joy about? And who is it about? So why, what, and who? It's fairly simple. And we'll look at this passage from Luke 2, um, 8 to 19, what's coming from there. So the first question then is, why is there joy? Why is it joyful, this announcement of the angels? And it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? That, that, that passage that Lachlan read to us. And it's always interesting to me that in almost every case that you have an angel appearing to somebody, what are the first words the angel says? Don't be afraid. They must have been frightful. The, the majesty, the, the aura, the power, the whatever, it must have been just awesome, awe-inspiring, fear-filling because they always say, now don't be afraid, <laughs> don't be afraid. That was the first words. And then in Luke chapter 2, the passage that Lachlan read, the next words were, I bring you good news. This is Luke 2, 10 and 11. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. What an astounding message to bring to the shepherds. Now, the shepherds in um, that culture were not the people you would expect to first hear the most amazing, groundbreaking, world-shaking, changing news of all time. The shepherds were the, low, the lowest the ones who were really disregarded, they were smelly, they stayed out there with the sheep, they stayed in the hills all the time through summer to look after the sheep and no one really got on with the shepherds or wanted to be near the shepherds. You kind of walked around them or away from them. These were kind of the outcast part of the culture, part of the population and yet they were the ones that first heard this message of joy. Joy to all people, the good news that they talked about. Isn't that amazing? So why is it joyful? Well, because this news is world-shaking. It, it will change things. It's the saviour, the message of the saviour, the message of the good news is why. And um, further down um, in Luke 2, we didn't read this far down, but if, if you keep going in Luke 2, we find that um, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple later on. And um, 
they meet their guy named Simeon. Remember this little part? And um, Simeon's been waiting there for God to reveal the Saviour. And so he says, um, I've just got verse 32 for us here. This is the last little piece of what he says. I'll read the whole lot. He says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. That's why this message is joyful because he is a light to reveal God to the nations, to everyone, to us here today, to everyone around the world. That's why this is joyful. What a message of joy. It's life-changing. It's life-saving, this message. That's why it's joyful, isn't it? And then we can go back into Isaiah. Dave read something from Isaiah already this morning. Uh, But in chapter 9, it talks about this Uh, joy that would come. Isaiah 9, 2 and 3 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. They will have joy because what was dark is now light. The light has come. It's life-changing. That's why it's joy. That's why the angels brought this message of great joy to all people. That's why it's joy. So let's go a little deeper and ask the question then, or respond to the question, what is this joy that we're talking about? What really is the joy? I'll use a few references again just to unpack different aspects of this deep abiding joy that we spoke about at the beginning where does it where does it come from what what did I ask you to say to your neighbor joy is found in Jesus not manufactured by me right so let's see Um, what is this joy so James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4 this will be a familiar passage and it's an interesting reference to joy Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, and we can't relate to that, can we? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. You go, hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. Those two don't quite resonate. Uh, they're, they're opposite. He goes on to say, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete needing nothing. So this, this joy can even be exhibited in times of trouble. In fact, specifically, James says, when you come across those troubling times, that's when you should be joyful. That's when it can really come out, this deep abiding joy that's, that's long-lasting, that's beyond the circumstances that you're in right now. That's when it has its chance to really shine, James says, doesn't he? When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Wow. So this joy can continue beyond troubles, through troubles. 
somehow. Let's go to the next one, which is, uh, I've chosen Hebrews 12, which talks about joy. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Joy. Again, in a similar context to what James was talking about. This is the joy of fulfilling the Father's will. This is the joy of completing the work of salvation for us that the angel is heralding in the passage before us in Luke chapter 2. This is great, a news of great joy for all people. Why? Because of what Jesus will do, because of who he is. And here we see in Hebrews 12 that to Jesus, he endured all of this, he, he, he faced all of this because of the joy set before him. The joy of fulfilling the will of God, the joy of completing that work that the Father set about before even the creation of the world, we learn. Joy. It's a deep, abiding thing, isn't it? Let's go to Galatians 5. I am jumping around a little to try to explore this. Galatians 5. This is a passage we know well. But the Holy Spirit produces these kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. The fruit of the Spirit, one of those is joy. That's why we can say we don't produce, manufacture somehow this joy ourselves. It comes from a deep abiding relationship with God, produced in us through the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, this joy that we experience. So that's what this joy is. It's a joy that goes beyond our experience of right now. It's deep and abiding. It's, it's rooted in somebody produced by the Holy Spirit, rooted in somebody. So who is this joy? We say in our series, we're saying, so joy has a name. Well, joy is a name, but joy has another name because, of course, we know that joy points to Jesus. And this is really important, that the joy that we're talking about is not produced because of something around us or some experience, like we've been saying, but Jesus is the object of our joy. Just like Jesus was the object of our hope and the object of our peace. And because of his character, because of who he is, we can trust him. We can have hope. We can have peace. And we can have joy because he is the object of our joy. He's the one that doesn't change. He's the one we are anchored in so that our joy can be um, produced or can be shown in times of trouble and times of difficulty. You know, there's, there's people that I know that are really joyful. You probably know some. There's some in this church. There's many of us, I think, in this church. But there's some particularly that are always joyful. 
You should ask someone that you recognise as, you're always joyful, tell me why. Ask someone in the church or someone that you know that's always joyful and just have them explain, why are you joyful? Where does your joy come from? I've just given you a sermon on that, so don't use these words, you can use your own words. But there are some people that really exhibit that joy, that really demonstrate this all the time. Others of us maybe struggle a little bit more to really recognise that Jesus is the object of our joy. These truths that we've been talking about are because of who he is and what he is doing and what he has done, what he will do in the future. It's certain, just like the hope that Dave talked about a couple of weeks ago, it's certain, it's sure, that's why we can be joyful. But maybe you're not feeling that way, you know? Sometimes we don't feel the joy. Maybe the, the pressure, the financial pressure often that they're trying to provide the things that we want to at Christmas time, that's difficult. Maybe it's health issues that are really dragging you down. Maybe it's relational issues. Maybe there are other things going on. And you're, just, you're not feeling that joy. Well, it's, it's actually not a feeling. It's a deeper abiding truth that goes beyond a feeling. But maybe you're just not, not sensing that joy. David felt like that because of that lack of connection with, the, with God. He expresses that after his, his sin with Bathsheba. He expresses it in Psalm 51. That whole psalm is an expression of him realising that he's done something wrong to cut off that source of joy. And he says, um, I don't have this on the screen, but he says in Isaiah 51.12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So if somehow that joy is not yours that deep abiding joy, there's possible, maybe two things, maybe there's more, but there's two things that come to my mind. One is you don't know the source of the joy. You have to come to the cross to know who this is, to really know this person, Jesus, so that you can have the joy. You can't, we can't produce it in ourselves. Joy is found in Jesus, not manufactured by me, right? So, we can't produce this joy ourselves. We, we can't really fake it. You can be happy for a while, but you can't fake that deep abiding joy that we have because of Jesus, that we have because we know uh, that God of eternity past is the God of eternity future. That deep abiding joy we can only find in Jesus. So if you don't know this joy, you may need to come to Jesus, come to the cross. If you don't know him as your Lord and Saviour, you can't know that joy apart from that. So come to the cross. And you can do that today. Come to the cross if you don't know him as your Lord and Saviour. Confess your sin, just like David expresses in that psalm. And ask him to restore the joy of salvation. Or maybe it's start the joy of salvation in your case. The second thing is that, like David, there could be things in the road with your relationship with God, things that you've done that rob you of that joy. That's exactly what David experienced, that he expresses in Psalm 51. He did know God 
And yet he was robbed of that joy because of the things he'd done in his life. And he had to come back to God and confess his sin, come back to the cross and confess that so that that joy could be restored in his life. And that's the second thing. You may already know God, but because of things in the way, you've lost that joy because that relationship with God is not, is not strong. It's that there's sin in the road of your relationship with God. So the answer again is to come to the cross, to be forgiven and to like, pray like David that he would restore to you the joy of his salvation. In John 15, did you already read this, Dave? I think you might have in the right at the beginning. In John 15, 10 and 11, Jesus says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Ah, would you like your joy to overflow? Not just kind of grab onto it so that you can be a bit joyful. Not, not sort of, you know, the, the dregs of joy. Yes, I've got a little bit of joy. <laughs> Not like that. Would you like your joy to overflow? That's what Jesus is talking about. A joy that overflows. It sounds beautiful. And that's what David was talking about. The same two things, which is interesting. So in, in, in Psalm 51, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And what's the second piece? And make me willing to obey you. What does Jesus say? In John 15, when you obey, so we've got obey and joy linked together, both in Psalm 51 and, here and many other places too. But obedience and joy are linked. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments, remain in his love. Why have I told you this? So that you can be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. Wonderful. In, the, um, in Luke 2, the angel suddenly appeared. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The shepherds were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David. This is the joy. This, now little babies bring joy, but this was a joy in a different sense. This was a joy that God was at work, that the Saviour was come, anticipating the life and the ministry of Jesus and eventually his payment for us on the cross, his resurrection and right hand of the Father as he is now. That's the joy that we're talking about. The other passage I've got on the screen there, this is a little unfamiliar to you perhaps because I've used the message, which I don't use as a study version of scripture, but sometimes the way it expresses things brings it in a different way, in a fresh way. And I like it on occasions, I'm a bit choosy about where I use the message. But this one is lovely. Let me read this. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Are you tired? 
worn out, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I can hear the kids out the back. They're probably going to ice cream. They've got joy. That's what this passage is expressing. This, well, it's not the joy of ice cream, but it's that deeper, abiding joy which is expressed. I, I love that expression, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's again alluding to this point. Joy is found in Jesus. It's not manufactured by me. It's the unforced rhythms of grace. We can't force it. All we have to do is allow the overflow, which is what we heard about earlier. What does Jesus say? Come to me. That's the invitation. Come to me. If you don't know joy because you don't know Jesus, come to Jesus. If you've forgotten joy because of the things in the road, come to Jesus. Have your joy restored. What a beautiful time to have your joy restored. The week before Christmas. It's lovely. Let's pray. As we pray, I'm going to pray in a second, but as we pray, if the Holy Spirit is saying something to you, you can tune me out and you talk to God. If he's saying, prompting you to come to him for the first time because you don't know him, go ahead and talk to him right now and he'll be listening to you as you confess your sin, as you, as you uh, describe your acceptance of him as your Lord and Saviour and your desire to follow him and your desire for joy. Do that now. If you're in a situation where you've lost joy because of this stuff, talk to God now, just like King David did. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, he said. Make me willing to obey you. So you're welcome to tune me out and talk to God yourself. But I'm going to talk to God corporately but you do your own conversation if that's what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. Father, we, we are so grateful for this amazing message of these angels who just showed up to the shepherds and, and they said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Lord, what a joyful message it is. The message of joy, not, not a message of cheap things of, of, of uh, short-lived happiness but deep abiding joy because of who you are and what you're doing in the world and what you've done and what you continue to do that's why we can have joy we can't manufacture it joy is found in Jesus and we just worship you today for that fact father I do pray if there's anyone here maybe they're already talking to you that doesn't know you or draw them to yourself so they can have this deep abiding joy that is promised here Father, if any of us have wandered away and we just we don't sense that joy, we don't feel the connection that we can pray like David prayed to restore the joy of our salvation. Father, would you draw people 
to your cross today. Father, you want us all to have this joy, to experience this joy, this abiding joy, because of all that you're doing in us. And we want to have that, Lord. We, wanna, we, want, we are drawn, I'm sure, I'm drawn, towards these unforced rhythms of grace because we're not producing something ourselves. We're allowing you to do your work in us through your Holy Spirit. And so we just commit ourselves to you. Father, may we, as your church here in Rothwell, Mueller Community Church, may we be such a people who express joy in our lives that we're attractive to others as we, as we lived out this week, as we invite people to the Christmas Eve service, as we get our car serviced, as we go to the shops. May we just be those ones who express joy to such a degree that people go, hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you so joyful? Father, we want to be those people to express the joy of salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jason. And if a conversation needs...